Media Bistro's Morning Media Menu. I'm Jason Bogue, the editor of Media Bistro's publishing blog, Galley Cat, and your host for the next 15 minutes. I'm also joined by my partner in crime, agency spy editor, Matt Van Hoven. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Jason. Sunny day once again in New York City. I, uh, I am counting my blessings. I am enjoying this. Absolutely. That's very good. And uh, we also have another blessing. We have a really great guest today. We have David Grant, the uh, New Yorker staff writer, author of Lost City of Z, a great report of book that I suggest everyone check out if they haven't read it yet. He's here talking about his new book, a collection of essays called The Devil and Sherlock Holmes, Tales of Murder, Madness, and Obsession, some of our favorite themes here on the Morning Media Menu. Good morning, David. Good morning. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Yeah, it's really great to have you. Why don't you just tell people a little bit about this new collection and the sort of range of content that they can expect to see? Sure. Uh, each of these, there's a, there's a dozen stories, and they're all uh, very distinct, um, but they all have these overlapping themes of dealing with uh, characters who are deeply obsessed, elements of mystery and intrigue. Uh, many of the characters are kind of thrust into the role of being sleuths, uh, even when they're not necessarily professional sleuths, there's a con man who suddenly suspects that he may be the one who is being conned. Uh, there's this kind of great scientist who is searching for a giant squid, this kind of almost mythological creature with uh, eyes like the size of hood caps and tentacles that are 30 feet long. Uh, there's, a, there's a Polish detective who suddenly discovers uh, that an author, a postmodern author, uh, may have planned to clues to a real murder in his novel, and this this detective who's really an empiricist suddenly has to become a postmodernist uh, to decode the novel. So the subject matters kind of have a great range, but they all deal with these themes. And uh, in the book, I quote this line from Sherlock, uh, from Sherlock Holmes, who tells Watson that uh, life is infinitely stranger uh, than anything which the mind could invent. Mm. And I think all of these stories, uh, to some degree, fit that template. The one thing that you do as a writer that I think uh, most sort of long-form journalists out there would admire is you take uh, the facts, uh, I don't know, and, and you turn it, it's something that could be a very uh, sort of dull news story, and you turn it into this very suspenseful sort of narrative. So what, how exactly, when you're reporting a piece, how you bring that sort of sense of suspense, obsession, and drama to it, it's, it's, it's a very rare thing for long-form journalism. You know, it's funny. I was a really, um, I started out early on doing uh, some newspaper uh, writing, and I really wasn't very good at it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the the nut graph where you kind of have to get high up and tell what the story is about, um, I, I really wasn't actually inclined to. And I really think of stories, and I'm drawn to stories that are stories, that unfold as stories. And so I try to find a narrative structure that lets a story unfold to some degree as if you were sitting down telling someone. And so just to give an example so it's a little more concrete, um, in the story Trial by Fire, which is about a man who may be innocent who's about to be executed uh, for a fire, for an arson fire, uh, there is a woman who gets interested in his case, befriends him. She's a school teacher, and she begins to think uh, he may be innocent, and she kind of begins this investigation. And so in a way, the, the narrative line for me or the structure becomes... Uh, almost the way she would have seen the world unfolding. And I think that often has a built-in um, inherent drama. I mean, you could have... Mm. So the story, in a weird way, just almost unfolds chronological, but there is an inherent suspense as can this woman who really has, in many ways, um, come to love him, not in a, in a platonic sense, uh, mm -hmm. save this man. 
David, I just want to ask you really quickly about your first book, which was just released in, in uh, about a year, well, I think about two years ago almost now, um, and it was a New York Times bestseller, and it was uh, chosen one of the best books of 2009 by the Times, the Washington Post, Entertainment Weekly, uh, Publishers Weekly, and others. And um, I just am curious, as a writer, what kind of effect did that have on your career? I imagine it was pretty positive, but um, tell us how it went. Uh, you know, when it, it, you know, uh when you write a book, it's, and I don't think it will ever get easier. I have a new book, the new book coming out. It's, it is a very scary thing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are writers who are calmer and cooler than I am. Um, but you know, I spent, uh, you know, three to four years working on the Lost City of Z, and doing things and kind of driven to do things. I went to the jungle, traveled around the world. Some ways you're kind of impoverishing your family when you work on these projects mm-hmm. with, with travel. Uh, you're not getting paid for for many many months of time, and so you're so scared when when it comes out that it won't find an audience. And so the the biggest thing for me was just the gratifying quality that it found an audience. Mm-hmm. And one of the nice things about I think the internet, which is probably different than in the past you get to hear from readers in a way, and so you get some sense. So it's not the process of doing the book. is such a lonely, um, kind of isolated, uh, and has so many ups and downs quest. (laughs) And so, you know, it's hard for me to ever say how things affect your career or success or not. I mean, I think it's allowed me, hopefully, to be able to do another book, uh, which you wonder about if it just Mm. disappears, will you be able to get another contract? So I think it's had some practical rewards, but I think the most important reward, because you never really get rich doing this stuff, is just that you find an audience for something that you've invested so much of yourself in. Yeah. Um, It's also, Lost City of Z is going to be adapted into a film, correct? Can you talk about that at all, that process? Yeah. I mean, um, I I tend to keep the process pretty separate in Mm -hmm. in the sense that um, I know there are some people who, when they sell the rights to something, they want to be involved and work on the script, and they really, and I really don't. Um, I really see myself kind of what I do, and it's hard enough, and I just want to stay focused on that and, and, and do it. And so, um, the rights were sold to um, Brad Pitt's production company, and the main character in the book is this guy Percy Fawcett, who's just kind of last as a kind of great Victorian and Edwardian explorers, uh, who disappeared in the Amazon searching for this ancient civilization in the 1920s with his son. And uh, so they've been they've been working on it. And they've hired uh, James Gray, uh, who is this kind of uh, who's a wonderful director and screenwriter. He did uh, Two Lovers. He did We Own the Night. And the nice thing is, I wouldn't really want to have too much involvement but the great thing is with these guys they're actually just seem really good and serious so mm-hmm. um they're easy to place your faith in that they'll that they'll do a good job they're very serious about it and i my my involvement is i just always say if you need something from me feel free and so i've helped with some research or if they need some piece of information uh you know kind of factual historical i'll help them with it Oh, that's cool. One one of the things that uh the Media Beaster audience is always asking um is uh, is how did you end up where you are? I mean, you're a New Yorker staff writer. It's it's one of the I mean, it's one of the greatest jobs I think in journalism. Um and, and I think people just want to know how did you end up there? Do you want to just give a little uh tell sure. people you did that? It, it it was a very circuitous path and um and kind of uh, it was not very linear, mm-hmm. and I really floundered about for many years, and I had many different careers early on. I knew I wanted to be a writer. I knew that was something that I wanted to be, but like so many people, I didn't know 
how to be one <laughs> or <laughs> other than the actual process. I didn't know, and I didn't know what form it would take. So um, sometimes I, when I was early on, I tried fiction, um, and I wasn't very good at it. I wrote a very bad novel that's thankfully still sitting in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> and um, I was a school teacher. I taught seventh and eighth grade, and I would try to write fiction on the side. I tried a few uh, grad school programs because I didn't quite know how to make it. And then eventually, you know, I think I got my, you know, I did some, I was doing some freelance for smaller papers. I wrote for the Medford Transcript in Boston. I worked, did some stuff for the summer for the Stanford Advocate. And then eventually, I just was desperate for a job, and there was a new newspaper starting up in Washington, D.C., uh, called the Hill Newspaper. And even though my interest in politics was, you know, not huge, it wasn't nothing, um, they offered me a job as a copy editor. So I took the job, and it was a startup, and it had the virtue and the curse of a startup, which is that it was kind of chaos. And <laughs> um, and But because of that, I was like executive editor in like a year, I think. <laughs> and um, And then from there, I went to the New Republic, and then, um, uh, which I enjoyed very much. And then, but I really wanted to get to doing these kind of longer narratives away from politics. These yarns, very much in the spirit of the Devil and Sherlock Holmes. And so I eventually went freelance, and I wrote for the New York Times Magazine and the Atlantic Monthly, and I did some freelance for the New Yorker. And then eventually um, they hired me. So that's a very long answer to your question. But it is, it's long because it was a very circuitous path. No, and I, I think it's good to kind of point that out, just that that's how it works. And, and that's kind of my, my final question for you is is I think there's a lot of writers out there that are frustrated. Uh, it's, it's a very hard time to be a journalist, especially a long-form journalist right now. And uh, I, I think just what what would be your advice to these people? I mean, you, you had struggles yourself to get to where you are. And, I mean, what, what's your advice for people that are trying to hold together in this rough time right now yeah i mean it is it's it's scary because the um the the forums that are exploding that really seem to have so many possibilities um because there clearly is um a lot of excitement in part of the journalistic world in terms of uh shorter form uh, journalism but the longer form it's becoming harder and harder uh, even with newspapers, um, you know, who can support it. And the thing about a lot of the stories that are in my collection, um, some of those, like the the story I was talking about, the trial by fire, about the arson, you know, I spent six months on that story. And, you know, and I had an employer who, was, who helped support me, and it was a very difficult story. It was investigative. And so to have the resource. So it is, you know, it's hard for me to be... Um, I don't like to sugarcoat things. I think it's 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 a scary time <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for us. I do think, though, um, and I, maybe this is naive, uh, that that quality and persistence can prevail. And mm-hmm. I do think that the most important advice is to really find as many ways to just keep doing it, to find ways to write. And you know, I spent the first like five years six years of my career just trying to find different ways to write. It took many different forms um, before I finally latched on to one. But I do think, you know, it's kind of the most banal advice, just keep doing it. But there are so many obstacles. I think that's the most important thing. And I do have this certain naive hope that I don't think, I do think storytelling and narrative nonfiction is wired into us as people. I don't think the the, the interest in stories or hearing stories goes away. And so hopefully the economics will improve 
uh, or maybe it'll take new forms. Um, uh, but, you know, with shows like yours where you talk about this and you get people interested in it, and certainly, like, the reaction I've had on when I go on book tour for The Devil and Sherlock Holmes or The Lost City of Z uh, has given me hope. I mean, when I see the excitement and the engagement, that there are people and there really is an audience for this stuff. So uh, so I kind of start on a downer note, but I do have, uh, do have hope. And they, like I said, I just think the hardest thing is to... to keep doing it because it is a craft and it is how you get better. Great. Well, I think that's the best way to wrap this show up. We're, we're just out of time. We can keep talking about this all day. But um, <laughs> where, where can people come find you if they want to see you in real life or on the Internet? Sure. Well, I have a website uh, at davidgrand.com, and on there I also have a, uh, con- an email and I also have a contact page uh, where I uh, I mean a, um, a schedule, uh, and I have some upcoming events. I'll be out in Seattle. I'm going to be at the LA Times Book, for- Book Fair. And then next week I have, I think it's the 18th, if I'm not mistaken, but it's on my website. I have an event with Malcolm Gladwell in New York at Barnes & Noble, which should be a lot of fun. He'll be uh-huh. talking about his uh, collection and stories, and I'll be talking about my collection of stories. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, It's been really fun kind of looking back over these essays again, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on in the future when uh, your next book comes out. Okay, great. Thank you guys okay. so much. Thank you, David. Matt, I will see you tomorrow. Until All then, right. good morning and good luck.